Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek. Who am I joined, joined with tonight? This is still Big Mush. Okay, how long are we going to stick with that? Um, I guess until I make a prediction that's not a mush. Okay. And then with either Illinois or Indiana. It's got to be Illinois or Indiana. Okay. Yeah. All right. That That's fair. Uh, yes, it is Jeffy the Greek and the Big Mush. Uh, thank you very much for listening to Eyes on Big Podcast. Thank you for sharing. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good numbers. Um, if anybody in the state of Wisconsin listened uh, our last podcast or this one, you deserve a medal because yeah. that stuff's tough after you. Pretty sure it dropped off to zero. I, should, I could look at the, the states. You should have looked at I, it. Yeah, I should. Um, coming up is uh, Halloween. Um, got any... Was there like any go-to movies or memories or anything that revolve around we Halloween? Like we 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 uh, the downstairs athletic club is very close to Anoka, Minnesota, which, as you know, yeah. is the birthplace of modern Halloween. Did you know that? I had no idea. Um, it, wow, I Hall- get some Halloween trivia. Yeah, tonight. usually you're the one. No idea. The, you're the, usually the one the trivia. Yeah, I, I feel special for once. Um, so true story. Uh, there was like a documentary on it. Halloween, like turn of the century, like 1900s to okay. 1920s, was bad. There was uh, a whole bunch of vandalism. People got hurt and killed, and it was a big, gigantic deal. So a bunch of basically housewives in the 20s, 30s, 40s, somewhere around okay. there in Anoka, Minnesota, said, we're going to make this family and kid oriented. And they literally made up the tradition wow. of trick or treating. No kidding. And it took off and it took off over the whole country. Wow. Yeah. And it's so no, like a hundred be- years old. Right. Or maybe even less. L- I would, a little bit less than that. Well, I will say Minnesotans do get into Halloween. And have you been to the Anoka parade mm. and or mm. the first Anoka parade that I or The parade is a parade, but still the fact that it's a Halloween parade and everybody gets involved. Uh, but the first um, uh, the, they have a big gigantic party. Uh, so the wife and I, we went as Sonny and Cher and okay. she was Sonny and I was Cher. So uh, obviously. Was yeah. And there was a, so they do a, a, a costume, but this ain't a I mean, kid's costume. She's kind of built like Sonny. She, like, she is. He's a pretty small and I, dude. And I'm closer to, to Cher. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, so it's a costume party, but this ain't your kids, you know, third and fourth grade costume party. This is adult costumes. The first, the the one I remember is a guy was like a transformer. Okay. And he could go down could into a car transform. and then he turned into Optimus Prime and he shot fireballs out of both of his arms. <laughs> That's pretty intense. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he won it. Wow. Well, have you seen the zombie pub crawl here downtown? I've seen it. It's just insanity. Like I saw it one year and I'm like, I got to get away from this. Yeah. I get, you get too old for, I mean, I do. Yeah. I was already too old. Um, and as far as movies, the only, the, the one movie I love, and I don't even know if this constitutes, but Shaun of the Dead. Oh, it's a great movie. Oh my God. It makes me laugh every single it's time. It's a star- I love Simon Pegg. Yes. Hilarious in that. And but then what the about other, like scary movies? Yeah. Like actual scary movies. I guess this is my take at scary movies is, uh, so for, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street was my, that was a great one when I was a kid. But have you ever watched those since you've gotten older? Oh, God, no. (laughs) They're so bad. The one thing I remember, and this is very appropriate for both of us, is uh, there was the couple in the house, and the guy wanted bourbon. And he says to his wife, give me a bourbon. And then um, uh, Freddie shows up, and he's like, get me a freaking bourbon. But he doesn't say freaking. Right. And that always stuck out to me as a kid. I'm like, what is a bourbon? Well, I know what a bourbon is now, now, you know. but at the time. Um, 
the third one was like the dream catcher or something like that. And the only reason I wanted to watch that at the time is because they had it had boobies in it. Oh and yeah, he just waited for the boobies. Waited part. for the boobies. Sure, yeah, that's pretty much it. So I remember as a kid, I I grew up in a town like subdivision, normal subdivision, but it was surrounded by cornfields. Okay, this is in Indiana, so I remember seeing Children of the Corn. Do you remember that movie? Being from Iowa, that with that, Malachi uh, was the little mm-hmm. redhead kid. That I'm convinced, and I'm sure people from nebraska and parts of illinois or whatever we've had the children of the corn crammed down our throats our whole life from city folk yeah i mean it wasn't crammed down my throat i just remember that stuck out to me because i didn't after that i did not want to go anywhere near the cornfields at night right it scared the shit out of me yeah because i was seven eight years old something like that and then the other one i remember sleeping over at a buddy's house and his parents were watching um what's the jack nicholson one the shining uh, the shining and we weren't supposed to be watching it, and we kept like creeping and like peeking our head around the corner. And I saw like the the blood, you know, going down the hallway and everything, and it scared the crap out of me. And the the red brown, red brown. So those, that's those one, two stick out to me. That's one that has stunned, stood the test of time. Oh, absolutely. You know they're making the 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 volume two. It's coming out here I heard real quick. Something about that. Yeah. It's uh, the, the red rum kid is he's all grown up now. Ooh, yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah, pretty. Cool. Oh, guess what I did last night. <laughs> I saw the Joker again. 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 Gosh. Because the boy wanted to see it. He, I felt bad. He was working Saturday night, and so he said, asked if he could. Good the second could. time again. Oh, my God. It's as good sober as it is intoxicated. <laughs> good after an Illini huge win is two days after. It, yeah, it really yeah. is great. All right. All right. Well, cool. Let's uh, go ahead and get into some housekeeping. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Okay, start with some injuries here. Illinois got a couple after their resounding victory over the number six Badgers. We've got Trayvon Sidney, who's pretty much been dinged up all year. He's one of the USC transfers. He was never really healthy, but he was productive early. Position? Leg injury, uh, wide receiver. Okay. Out for the year. Uh, Wole Batiku, not looking good. Well, he, he went out of the Wisconsin game. He was in a boot. By halftime. That was Swole. That was Swole. And uh, looks they're saying questionable. I don't know. I don't think he's going to play. Now, moving on to Indiana, Michael Penix Jr., questionable for their game. Iowa, Brandon Smith, wide receiver, out indefinitely. Doesn't sound good, right? No. No. Maybe maybe year, we're thinking? Potentially. Yeah, potentially. Anthony McFarlane is is, – they're listing him as questionable. Um, Now – Locke says both he and Josh Jackson will be playing this week. So they're both listed as questionable, but expect them both to play. I would expect Jackson to start. Yeah, it seems like it. And I think Piggy's a little dinged up, but he'll probably be ready as well. Michigan, linebacker Josh Ross, out indefinitely. Not good. Nebraska, mm. Mo Washington, running back. Here it is. Disciplinary, reason. Disciplinary reasons, out indefinitely. Sounds like not even on the team anymore, right? Um, not on the team in the immediate future, I think is what Frost said, but I think most people are reading it as once he's gone, he's not going to come back. Um, my thoughts on Mo Washington are, it seems like Twitter and again, it's Twitter, but it's in two camps, which is innocent till proven guilty. He should have full range of motion for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the other side of Twitter that says it's a felony, it's, you know, an ugly uh, uh, thing that he's accused of. He should not be on the team at all. I find myself in the middle to a certain degree. Um, I'm not sure 
if Frost handled this the best way, but I think he should have been on the team. I do too. Just because what Frost had said in his press conference was, uh, this is what you know Tom Osborne did. He didn't believe in just, I think he said, crumble up and throw away players. Yeah. Um, uh, Hayden Fry was the same way. Okay. Iowa fans. Uh, and I saw it, it myself. I saw guys on the, the Iowa football team that weren't as fortunate as me growing up and they needed that direction and leadership in their life. So I, people that don't grasp that, they're not seeing the whole picture in my mind. Um, in the case of Mo Washington, I felt like he should have been on the team, as I said, but kept away from the limelight to get acclimated to, Probably you know, like helped him out. I mean, right, that was the whole idea of the red shirt in the first place. I believe, I mean, years ago, freshmen were not eligible. Like you were a freshman, you spent a year of eligibility, but you couldn't play. Right. So you only got to play sophomore through senior year. And then they said, well, that's not really right. Why don't we have the red shirt? And then you get four years to play. And the idea is just to get acclimated to being on your own college life, studying all those kind of things. And he probably needed that. That's what I think. Um, and but there does come a time where knock, <laughs> knock on wood when I say this, um, uh, this is the best way I can describe it. There was a kid that got kicked out of my kid's daycare and he got kicked out. Like you don't you picture yourself as a parent in that and you'd be and you're like, that would be awful. Yeah. <clears throat> but this kid was so disruptive. He was bringing the whole class down. They had no choice at that yeah. point. I know I'm I'm comparing a football team to daycare, but is it really that different? <laughs> Probably not that different. <laughs> if you actually. if you ask the coach sometimes about this, so that in all honesty, my guess is that's what it got to inside that locker room, and they had to make a decision. Well, I'm definitely in the camp of innocent until proven guilty. But he had he had that whole thing, the felony. He had his his marijuana possession. I don't know what the heck happened in the off week, but obviously there's ongoing things. This wasn't one incident. This was accumulating over Correct. time. And, Correct. you know, at some point you just got to just got to cut it loose. Right. Yep, I think so. All right. A couple more things here. Well, look at this. Walter Camp, National Defensive Player of the Week, who is Illinois linebacker Jake Hansen. That's right. Defensive Player of the Week with two forced fumbles. Both recovered by Illinois. One sack, 11 tackles. He was all over the field. All right, football scoop. Did you read this one? At football scoop, Jim Harbaugh, eyeing exit strategy from Michigan. Yeah. What do you think of that? Well, so I asked you, are we going to talk about this in the pod? And you kind of said, people really take football scoop as somewhat of a college football or football they general do. Bible. Yes. I mean, a lot. so it's kind of half and half. Half of their information is spot on. But the other half is just floated out there by agents and it's just, you know, distraction or or can I get more money out of the current place I'm at? Half of it's total BS. Uh, enough of, of the news on that got out that Jim Harbaugh released a letter mm -hmm. that he sent to the parents of the players. Um, I thought the letter was kind of funny. Uh, he just said, said total a, crap, total crap, total crap. Yeah, is, so is his phrase. Very well worded. But um, he also said he doesn't have representation or an agent. That's yes, hard you to do. Jim. That's hard to yes, yeah. yes, you do. Um, but long story short is um, he wanted to get the news out there. Obviously, that would crush recruiting if that thing started to get sure. legs. Um, aside from that, our addition to it, whatever. I read uh, college football news article just today. 
um, when I was working out and it, ha- it was a good article. It, it, it compared Harbaugh to everybody else that's been hired, you know, since, uh, or the winning percentage of Harbaugh versus other coaches since he got the job at Michigan, he's in the top five or six in the country for oh, winning okay. percentage so, coaches that are the still country. there. Okay. Yeah. Co- um, um, and then they basically just said, who are you going to get if Harbaugh is, you know, no, and then, and then he, and then they, they compared it to the history of Michigan, you know, and it's probably not that different than what it's Michigan, actually a little bit better, better. I believe it. And the, the crazy one, I'm sure this is a stat that a lot of people know, but, um, uh, oh God, Michigan <laughs> coach for years and years. Lloyd uh, Carr? No, before that. Oh, Bo Schembechler. Bo Schembechler. Oh my God. Uh, Bo took until his 12th year to win a bowl game. Wow. No kidding. 12th year to win a bowl game. So Bo Schembechler, being Bo Schembechler in the time of Twitter and social media and how we overreact, oh, he never would have made it, right? Never would have made it. Yeah. Now he was also known as the guy that would win ten games in the regular season, but then lose loses bowl game. That too. Yeah, and obviously had a respectable record versus Ohio State. But yep. yeah, um, there are, and then the the war between Michigan fans because when things aren't going well. That's what fans do. They yep. fight with each other amongst themselves. <laughs> of course. And uh, there is basically a debate going on with Michigan fans right now. Like, is this just who we are? Yes. I accept it. Yes. And then other Michigan fans that refuse to and are looking down at other Michigan fans. That's the fight that's going on. You right got to know who you are as a program. And I feel like this is who Michigan is. Okay. I'm somewhere somehow in the middle. Like, I'm not. But I don't I I'm not so deep. I think I'm probably more towards the they should be doing better side than you are, but not so far that I think they should fire khaki pants. I think that sounds stupid. No, I don't see the point in firing khaki pants. Yeah. I don't know who you're going to bring in that's going to suddenly elevate them up to Ohio State status, which is what the fans want. Right. It's probably just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Just keep on keeping on with khaki pants. Keeping on with khaki pants. At least he has good sound bites. Yes, he does. You know? Yeah. As quirky as they are. You've always got that. You always got that. That's All right, man. For, that's Should a we, we get okay. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go ahead and get into some games. Yeah. All right. This is an insane slate of games. It is, this right? Weekend. Like you're not going to be able to take a moment off if you're a Big Ten fan and you want to catch the action yeah, this eight weekend. Games. Eight it's games. Packed. So all fourteen teams are in action, but we still don't have Seven on seven as far as Big Ten versus Big Ten because we got two teams that are playing out of conference, which is crazy. Yeah. We're almost at the end of October, but so nobody is idle. We have no idleness going on. Idility, didn't we decide? That idility, was the, there's the yeah, word, no idility. No idility in the Big Ten. <laughs> all right, so all of these games take place on Saturday, October twenty sixth. First up, Illinois, the yes. three and four fighting Illini going on the road. To play the two and five Purdue Boilermakers, eleven o'clock a.m. game on Big Ten Network. This line has got the Boilermakers by nine point five. The over/under at sixty-one. Whoa, sixty-one, huh? Yep. All right, so this is for the Purdue Cannon Trophy. We oh, got to right. mention that. We right? got a trophy. Okay. We talked about the history of it last year, so I won't go into the the history of the trophy. But this series overall is tied forty-four to forty-four with six ties. Purdue's on a three-game streak. Decided which story I wanted to tell here. I was, I was trying to figure it out. I'm going to tell one that's a little embarrassing. Okay. 1993, young Big Kurt just gets on campus in Champaign. It was the first night that I went out drinking in college. Okay. First night, period. 
college drinking. Ended up puking all over the place, right? My buddy takes me home to my to my dorm room. He was in a frat house like right across the street and dumps me in my bed. And I remember it vividly. He's sitting there. He's like, hey, you know, we've got an extra ticket. We're, we're taking a bus to Purdue tomorrow for the football game. Do you want to go? And I'm in between talking and puking into this garbage can. I'm like, yeah, that would be freaking awesome. I'd love to go to the game. So we, we agreed that he would call me in the morning and that I would walk over to the frat house and get on the bus. Okay. So I wake up the next morning in a puddle of puke. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty bad. And, and I didn't have a roommate. I had, I had a single. My roommate never showed up my freshman year. Nice. It was kind of cool. But at the same time, pretty dangerous that I'm puking in my sleep. Right. <laughs> so I look around and it was like an hour past the time he was supposed to call me. And I was pissed. Now, this is before cell phones. So the next sure. time I saw him, I was like, man, what the hell? And yeah. he's like, oh, I didn't think you were in yeah. any condition to go. There's no way. And no, I'm like, I no, I go. wanted to go. I still I was wanted rally. to go. Yeah, I was going to rally. So missed the game. But Illinois did win 28 to 10 that oh, day. Oh, man, you even missed that. And so I never got to go to Ross-Ade Stadium. Yeah. Still to this day, I have, really? I have not it's a, seen it's the a, game. It's a good stadium. Yeah, yeah, I imagine. Yeah. That's my Purdue story. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um Game. Oh, right. Yep. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right into the yards per play differential. Illinois is sitting at an embarrassing negative 1.0. Meanwhile, Purdue, not much better. Negative 0.6. Really? I'm surprised to hear yep. that. Um, okay. Not to jump this question on you, but is this a bowl elimination game for both teams? Yeah, I think it kind of is. So I mean, Illinois at three and four, they're closer. Uh, Purdue at two and five, but they've kind of gotten through a lot of the hard part of their schedule to yep. a certain degree. And Illinois really kind of has three winnable games left, and this is one of them. Correct. So is this bowl elimination? Yeah, I think it kind of is, which makes it a more interesting game. Now, Illinois, we know, did a great job against Wisconsin last week. I've been watching some of the film. Man, I got to say, Lovey Smith's defensive scheme was amazing for that game. And I uh, rewatched the game. Uh, God, I love Big Ten uh, in 60. Like, you can watch an entire game in 40 minutes. You know, I record those damn things, and something's wrong with my YouTube TV. Mm. I, I have them set to record, and they're not recording the, the Big Ten in 60 games. <sighs> Sounds like an issue. Pisses me off. Comcast does great. Uh, but what I was going to say is uh, – they they looked even better the second watch than I maybe know. the first one. Yep. Um, really, both sides of the line of scrimmage looked really good. Uh, listened to a different podcast this week. Reiterated something that Big Kurt said on this podcast about how Lovey Smith's defense is built to go against more traditional offenses yeah. like that. You called it on the podcast before. Um, yeah, that's what we saw in the Illinois-Wisconsin game. But this is obviously a totally different offensive scheme. So I don't know that you can really take much from what Illinois did against Wisconsin. Yeah. and The only thing you can take from it is it sure seems like Lovey is pretty puffy-chesty right he now. He is getting puffy-chesty. Uh, I heard an interview with um, uh, Kubler. What's his first name? He called the game, the Big Ten guy. And he was on uh, Jeremy Warner's show this week, and he said, you know, we were interviewing Lovey pregame, and he's, he said to us, don't be surprised if it's not the outcome you expect. He and got then, up and walked out. Hold on. Then he got up and he walked out, and he stopped, and he turned around and he said, remember, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Wow. Like, he was seriously confident before that game. 
And then after the game, it sounded like to me a coach that was doubling down against the college football world, perhaps to a certain degree, his own fan base and, and athletic department. Like we still feel like we got some work to do here. So that is what I'm most interested to see in this game. Is that going to the X's and O's doesn't carry over at all, but does the, the feeling that the football program sure. have carry over to this game versus Purdue? Yeah, that's what I'm curious about too. And he even said, uh, Purdue has embarrassed us when I've been at Illinois and, 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 you know, we've got to change that. I, but what do you think about Brom versus Lovey? Just that, that matchup. I mean, you got to give the edge to Brom, right? Yeah. I mean, I, it's not so much an edge. So as it is a big uh, advantage yeah. for the X's and O's. Um, last week we saw Purdue shut down a nearly hapless Iowa running game. That's not going to look like that this week. Um, another thing, I mean, rewatching that game, Reggie Corbin looks better to me every time I see him play. Hmm. And I think this will be a game where Reggie Corbin will get yards again. So I think there is a chance that Illinois gets yardage on the ground and points on the board simply because Purdue can't stop it from happening. Um, but on the other side, do we remember just how quite bad Illinois' past defense has been most oh, of this year. It's, it's been atrocious. People keep talking about how bad their run defense is, and I'm like, man, I trust our run defense way more than our pass defense. And now we're going against Purdue, who doesn't even attempt to try to run the ball. Oh, they don't point. even – no, they don't even disguise. Yeah. It's just like, we're going to drop back. We're going to crank it all over the field. And the way Greg Bell is playing – oh. David I'm Bell. Just, or David Bell, I'm yep. sorry. I'm just – I already am having nightmares about seeing him just – slice up our defensive backfield yeah um as an Iowa fan I'm glad I don't have to see him for a year um yeah so uh very interesting to see how Illinois comes out if they can do something again where it just seems like they are out athleting and controlling the line of scrimmage if uh um they can hit plays in the passing game again because that was the game I mean they they hit big plays when they need to I feel like this could be anybody's game but we have to take a side on the podcast on what we think. So I like the over 61 hmm. and I would take Purdue to cover the 9.5. This looks like it could very much be a, like, I think it could be up there like 41 to 30 type of game. I, I, I can definitely see that there's going to be possibly rain though. So I'm, I'm siding with the under, although just a, a bad Illinois team going on the road at Purdue the I week just, after an emotional the game. The week after, there you go. That's another good point. The letdown week, potentially. And the other thing, they did not have to put pressure on the quarterback. All they had to do was stop the freaking run. Now they've got to actually get after the quarterback. And the, especially with Batiku out, they don't have anyone that can do that. So I just see Plummer sitting back there, picking them apart. So I'm going to go with Purdue to cover, but I'm going to side with the under. Okay. All right, moving on. <laughs> Liberty. It is Liberty, ladies and gentlemen. The Liberty now. Flames going on the road to play the 1-6 Rutgers Scarlet Knights. 11 o'clock game, game. Surprising this is on the Big Ten Network. I figured for sure Fox would pick this, pick this up. Liberty is favored by 7.5 points. The over-under is 46. Okay. Liberty. <laughs> Dude, I had to. It took me a while to research. 
They're in FBS, man. I know. It's their second yeah. year. It's their second year in So I'll FBS. get to that. Well, I'll get to that. But let's do yards per play first. I actually did yards per play for Liberty. Okay. I, I, wow. That's yeah, impressive. I'll, that's like extra credit, right? Yeah. Negative 0.5. And Rutgers sitting at it. Just a miserable minus 1.9 yards per play differential. Oh, uh, God. Uh, that's bad. That's really, really bad. Um. So this is the second time in Big Ten history that a Big Ten team has been a home dog by a touchdown or more versus a fellow uh, like versus a, a non-power a, five a team. non-power five yeah how many times this is the second second time yeah. so second season in FBS but this is their first as a full member correct. of FBS correct uh, which I guess means they're eligible for a bowl now. Hugh Freeze, yes. the biggest dirtbag in the world, is that coach. Coaching from his uh, from, from the hospital from the bed. bed yeah. yeah, and so I, I had to look up because we said it before. Where the heck is Liberty? It's in Lynchburg, Virginia. An unfortunate name to a town. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not good. Kind of. Yeah, um, but they're five and two. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's something, right? Yeah. Independent, five and two. Independent, and their their schedule has been awful. Oh god, they so bad. Nobody. They got beat twenty four to nothing by Syracuse, and Syracuse is horrible this year. Twenty four to nothing by Correct. Syracuse. They got shut out by Oof. Syracuse. Man, yeah. I, uh, they have a good passing game. Steve, yeah. Stephen Calvert is their quarterback, pitching all over the field. Wide wide receiver. Their top wide receiver is Antonio Gandy Golden. Hmm. I think that might be enough reason just to pick them. You think? That's a great name. Okay. Gandy, Gandy Golden. Golden. That's good. But seven and a half. I uh, Rutgers, I'm pulling for you. I, I, I at this point, Rutgers has got to sit there and think, are we seriously dogs at home to somebody called the Liberty Flames? Are they gonna get pissed off? That's what I'm saying. Just get Man pissed up. off. Get mad. And the other thing I can think of too is they have tried to win football games or just stay in football games with no offense. If they just get some offense, is it enough to snowball in a good way where they just look like a normal football team? But how can you do that when your only weapon is Isaiah Pacheco? I don't know. I mean, they're just all they have to do is stack the box. You can, they have 49 combined passing yards in the last two games. And that's what I'm saying. If they wind up getting something crazy like 190 100. yards passing. Oh, that's not going to happen. Could. Now you're being ridiculous. Well, we'll see. I don't know. But I tell you what. So I'm going to, by the way, I'm going to take Rutgers in the points in this game. I'm going Rutgers. Too. And I'm going to take the under because I yeah. just doesn't seem like points are going to nope. happen a bunch. And then as far as uh, me tuning into this game, <laughs> to quote Patrick Henry okay. at the 1775 Virginia Convention. Okay. Yeah. Give me liberty or give me death. I choose death. <laughs> All right, next up, the Iowa Hawkeyes going on the road at 5-2 and two to play the Northwestern Wildcats at 1-5, 11 o'clock a.m. game, ESPN 2. Probably Beth Mullins again. Hawks favored by 10, over under 37.5. Okay, Iowa Hawkeyes coming in at a positive 0.8 yards per play differential. Northwestern checking in at Negative one point five. Negative one point. That's that's Rutgers ish. Yeah, it's getting down there. So Iowa leads the overall fifty to twenty seven with three ties. I was on a current three game win streak. Losing. I was on a three game losing. Oh, are they? I I wrote down win streak. Okay, losing. Yeah, you're right because they lost last year. Good point. I was on a three game losing streak here. How about that ninety five game when when out of nowhere Northwestern was good. Was good. Yeah. 
and they were on their way to winning the Big Ten, but they weren't there yet. Do you remember what Gary Barnett said about Iowa? He's like, we're not a good Big Ten program until we can beat Iowa. Yeah. There's you know a, why he chose Iowa? Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if there's like an exact reason. I don't know. But basically, is it tied with the Pat Fitzgerald situation? or No. I mean, to me, we've heard other Wisconsin use this as well. Where it's like, okay, Iowa is the stepping stone on the way up to Ohio State and okay. Michigan. So if we can get past the Iowa level, that. that's typically what we've heard. I don't think that's the reason. Okay, The reason was, and I read this article that Gary Barnett said this very specific. He didn't say that's why he used that phrase later on. But when he started at Northwestern, I think it was his first year, played Iowa, and they got their asses just beat. It was something like 66-3. to three. Coach Fry and rubbed it in a little bit. Coach Fry rubbed it in a little yeah. bit. <laughs> Walking off the field, he goes, I hope we, we didn't get any of your boys hurt. Okay, I do know that story. Yep. Yeah, that, that's the Texan in them. Um, so this game, okay, this game every year, but this game looks like even more so this year. You know, I, I'm an Iowa fan. I don't want to hear people talking about my football program on how it's – difficult to watch but but right now me thinking about watching i'm i it's wednesday we're recording this i'm already frustrated thinking about watching this game you're already yelling at the play caller yes but and just the overall aesthetics of the game like i don't want to feed into it but i'm also trying to record a podcast and being as honest as i can i don't know how you can i mean it's just it's it it, that's honesty it's hard to watch right now and and again like i mean right now northwestern has thrown two touchdown passes to 10 interceptions. I mean, that's I, that's so bad. That's like, awful. Luckily, Rutgers is in the league to take the heat off them because otherwise they would be considered one of the historically worst offenses. Yeah. By the way, you forgot to mention 4.0 yards per pass attempt. Right. Oh, so bad. So bad. And they've they went from having questionable playmakers on the perimeter and just yep. pass catchers to worse nothing. with the injuries. I mean, they, Brett Skoranek is not going to be able to play. No, and, and I mean, Bowser it, is probably playing, but he's dinged up too. So, I mean, you're just re- relying on, like, Drake Anderson, Riley Lees. Yeah. Uh, we're not sorry. painting a great picture here, but, again, we're just trying to say it how it is. Um, Iowa with Brandon Smith out um, in my text group. Yeah. I texted out, well, that would make sense. Easily our most consistent player on the entire offense is Brandon Smith, so why wouldn't he be the one to go out for three, four, five weeks? Um, but let, let's talk about Iowa's passing game. One TD pass in the last five games. Correct. Been bad. Been real bad. Now, I again, I'd like to point out that that's been against Michigan on the road, yeah. Penn State, um, and you know, Purdue. There isn't much of a excuse there. But uh, the one bright spot of both teams is definitely Iowa's defense, and to a certain degree, Northwestern's defense. North, I still have a lot of confidence yeah, in Northwestern. Very defense. much so. So if people are asking when is the Iowa offense going to bust out, it's going to be when the running game busts out. It's not busting out in this game. No, probably not. This isn't where it's going to happen. So, all right, you've said before on the cast, find the lowest total game for for the whole weekend and bet the under. Find the highest total, bet the over. The the total here is 37 and a half. I still like the under. I I really like the under because you sit and look at, you just start with Northwestern. So if they're saying, you know, Hawks by 10, uh, 37 and a half. So if you put 13 points on Northwestern, uh, that gives Iowa 23 points. We're getting close to the over under right there. That seems about right. I still think it seems like a 
17 to 13 type Absolutely. of game. Absolutely. Or, or I tell you what it's going to be. The MVP on the offense this year, our kicker, Keith Duncan, probably right. booting about 42 field goals this day. Yeah, I was going to say like uh, six field goals from him to two from, from Something like Northwestern. That. Yeah. Yeah. So not Eight, enough for 18 to six. I'll go 18 yeah, to six. That so sounds about right. That would here. cover for Iowa. Yes. Well, so yeah. that's what you like. I do like Iowa. Okay. I like Northwestern and the points, really? but I like the under. So Iowa is on a 19 to nothing straight up streak here. And a 16, two and one against the spread as a road favorite. Yeah. They have been road favorite cover holics lately so that's so i'm bucking a trend here yeah that's yeah. why i just got to go with iowa here yeah but at some point yeah it, i have he, more faith would you you tell me if i'm being hawk homer here i have more faith that the iowa offense could bust out to look respectable before northwestern starts. absolutely when you look at both of these teams who has a better defense northwestern or iowa I would give the edge to Iowa just Who's slightly. Got, okay, who gives who has the better offense? Iowa has. So the I mean, offense. there's enough here to say that you expect Iowa to win the game. Yes. That's why they're a, t- a ten point favorite. I just don't see enough to to see them definitely covering. We're basically talking two touchdowns here. Just don't mm-hmm. see, just don't see it. Yeah. So for Iowa, I t- and by the way, whew, I would have forgot to say this. I think I would have jinxed myself. The team that wins this game will be the team that wins the turnover battle. That is yeah. all this other stuff we're saying. It's all junk. Sure. The team that wins the turnover battle will win this game. Mm-hmm. Now I have for both teams written down at some point, they got to figure something out offensively, right? I think maybe Iowa could, I don't have any confidence that Northwestern's figuring anything out this year. And it's probably not going to happen anytime between 11 and two 30 nope. on Saturday. Moving on to the afternoon games. We got three of them. I like, all three of these games. In fact, all of these games we got left to talk about are killers, man. I think these are great games. First up, the Maryland Terrapins, three and four, going on the road to the number 17th ranked 7 0 Minnesota Golden Gophers, 2 30 p.m. game. ESPN, Minnesota's moving up in the all world. Right. They're in the Gophers. one slot in ESPN, lying Gophers by 16 and a half. Over under is 57. Okay, Maryland coming in at a negative 0.7 yards per play differential. Minnesota, fourth in the conference, positive 1.9. Pretty good number there by the Gophs. So Maryland leads the overall three games to one. They're two and one since joining the Big Ten. Now, the the one game prior to the Big Ten, everyone remembers the 1977 Hall of Fame Bowl. Really? At Legion Field in Birmingham, Alabama, where Maryland came out victorious 17-7. The great, speaking of Hall of Fame, Jerry Claiborne was the coach of Maryland. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame now. Beat Cal Stoll from Minnesota. Wow. Yeah. No kidding. I did not know that. that. There you go. Um, So with the Gophers, you you start looking at the rest of their schedule. Everybody's doing this to the Gopher schedule. Like, okay, where is the losses coming? Where is the – and when I – First look at this game, I thought to myself, now when exactly is that Penn State game? Thinking, could it be a little trappy? A little yep. look at, nope. No. They're idle next week. They're idle. This schedule sets up so, so good oh gosh, they have for Minnesota. The, the perfect sch- they could not have set it up any better if they did it themselves. With that being said, you hear that oftentimes for certain teams. There's always seven, eight, nine teams if you look over all Power 5 uh, conferences and you look at their schedules and they say, well, look at how this sets up for this team, but they don't actually go out. They don't win all the games. 
if Minnesota wins this game, they will have gone out and won all the games. People kept saying, you know, it's theoretical that I Minnesota could be 7-1 and one or even 8-0 and oh going into their idle week. They're about to be 8-0 going so, into their idle so week. So you're just saying it. They're about to no, be no, 8 No, 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 no. I'm saying it's it's out there. I don't, I don't mean to foreshadow that much. Well, but here's what I see. I see two teams on totally different planes here. You've got Maryland, who is just flying sky high early in the season, right, and just came crashing down to earth in an ugly way. Meanwhile, Minnesota— They're like a turtle that is on its back kind and of, can't turn back Yeah, over. and can't turn over. Uh, meanwhile, Minnesota, you know, they looked pretty— suspect the first few weeks turns out south dakota state's a pretty damn foot good football team and they just keep getting better as the the season goes on meanwhile maryland keeps getting worse i i don't see how maryland competes in this game because of that really do you you're going that far huh i mean i'm not saying it's going to be a blowout in fact i think i'm leaning towards maryland here that 16 and a half is a lot of points but maryland doesn't travel well I mean, they do have Josh Jackson coming back, it looks like. Anthony McFarlane's coming back. That's why I'm thinking Maryland, but I don't see it being that competitive. I see the Gophers being in control most of the, the game. It's supposed to be a gorgeous day. Beautiful in day. Many, yeah, I mean, we weather. might hit 60 degrees in the middle of the afternoon in Minneapolis, so weather won't be an issue. Um, do I think the look-ahead stuff is a is a thing here? No. Um there is a thing about college football teams where sometimes when things are just rolling around, rolling down too much, too well, that they start to maybe lose an edge just a little bit. Um, We've talked, even talking about Ohio state, where's the point where they just have a clunker. If we can talk about Ohio state having a potential clunker, I think it's permissible to talk about Minnesota having a clunker. So I'm starting to kind of feel that the other thing is, Maryland's got Maryland's got some ponies. Oh, they've that could, got like, ponies. I they fact, they will they like. I think what, the more talent the more talented team between these two probably definitely more speed. I wouldn't go that far. Really? No, I would not. Especially okay. with the injuries that Maryland's had on defense. Good point um, about the injuries. Sure. And I and Maryland's offensive line is just it's not great. Um, but that's kind of where I'm getting to is there is you know our Hoosier line that we have. Uh, where a defense that's just so good, Penn State being an example, yeah. where they shut down every little nuance that mm-hmm. Maryland tries to do on offense. Do I think Minnesota has a bad defense? Absolutely not. Do I think Minnesota has one of those defenses that's so disruptive and and sound that it can crush a team like Maryland and completely strip it down? I do not. Mm-mm. So I see points in this game. Yeah. So I like I like the over 57 in this game on a good day. I don't think Minnesota will simply be able to score enough points to cover. So I don't know the exact score. Maybe something kind of similar to the Illinois-Purdue score where it's like a 40-30 to 30 type of okay. game. Um, but wow. a, a culture win for the Gophers and they they get the win, but this is not going to be a a easy train that it seems like a lot of Gopher fans think it will be. Well, I, I was wondering about the Gophers being too confident too, but I they're getting a lot of talk locally. Oh well, we're just gonna be eight zero, right? So how much of that is the team here? And I feel like PJ is gonna take care of that. I don't think they have to be worried. But the one thing that I, that I do question here is Maryland has killed them on the ground the last two years, just killed them. Like three, four hundred yards. Minnesota fans would be quick to point out different defensive coordinator. Yeah. Okay. Is that enough? It's a thing. I know it's a thing, but boy, 
that gets me a little bit worried. But I, th- I think Minnesota wins the game. I do like Maryland to cover, and I like the over. Okay. Moving on to our next really interesting afternoon game, the 5-2 and two Indiana Hoosiers going into Lincoln to take on the 4-3 and three Nebraska Cornhuskers. This is a 2.30 p.m. game on Big Ten Network. Line, Huskers by one, over under 52.5. So Indiana sitting at a 1.1 yards per play differential. Way to go, Hoosiers. Nebraska only at a positive 0.2 yards per play. All right. If I was to ask you, let's remove ties from this all-time series. Okay, there's been three ties. Throw them out. 17 remaining games. Guess what the what the record is? 14 and 3 Nebraska. Ha <laughs> ha. 9 and 8 Hoosiers. Shut the front door. I will not shut Wonder the front door. When are most of these games been played? Okay, let's get to that. So Nebraska's won the last 5 of them. Okay, from 1936 to 1959, Indiana went 9-3-3 and in this okay. series. All right. In 44, it peaked when Indiana just destroyed the Huskers 59 to nothing. Then, of course, Nebraska would eventually get them back. In 1978, 69-17, Tommy Osborne beat Lee Corso. Lee Corso, okay. Yeah. So pre-Devaney, pre-Osborne, when the Hoosiers had their success. Yes, yes, And indeed. now we are post-Delaney and post-Osborne. Um, crazy, this opened up as a two-point favorite for the Hoosiers and has swung all the way back to a one-point favorite for the Cornhuskers. So that's a, that's a whole field goal swing. Um, to start with Indiana, another game I rewatched, that Indiana-Maryland game mm-hmm. from last week. Um, so I think we already kind of talked about big watershed moment for me with the Hoosiers. They typically lost those games yeah. in the back where they need those bowl bull the to get to a bowl uh, uh type of wins and they let it go the other thing too i'm watching this indiana team first of all peyton ramsey peyton ramsey was very good in in not the other quarterback yeah patrick ramsey. sorry about that who's your fans i he was a quarterback though at least uh that's a thing but peyton ramsey looked good in when he came in uh whether or not Penix gets to play or not we don't know i'm not putting a ton of difference in that myself i think they're better with Penix. don't get i me think wrong. they're better with Penix. i don't think it's a big drop off that's what i'm saying because you want to know why part of the reason i don't think it's a big drop off they got stevie scott in the backfield yeah. wap fillier nick westbrook donovan hale t- uh tight end hendershot ty fry fogel dude they got Six dudes with 18 catches or more. What have I been saying all year? Most underrated wide receiver yeah. group in the and Big it, Ten. And because you said that, and I looked around, it's in, it's insane, dude. They're not just solid guys. A couple of these are absolute playmakers. Absolutely. That, that touchdown in the end zone, that catch by Donovan Hale, insa- that, that's got to be in the snapshot for Big Ten play of the year for just catch. what he does. <laughs> this is an impressive Indiana offense. I know. and And you know what? They had to reshuffle their reshuffle their offensive line last week. Center Hunter Littlejohn did not play. He's expected back this week. That line's been looking really good. Yes. It's only going to be better. Keep it I up, mean, Hoosier. It, think about the difference in offense from last year to this year. I mean, maybe an offensive coordinator change does make a difference sometimes. Oh, I mean, that that's making a huge difference, yeah. I think, so far. Um, I, here's where I think this game comes down to. Who plays at quarterback for each team? 
Like, will Adrian Martinez play? It's not, he's practicing. It sounds like he plays. Yep. It, it sounds I'm, good that he plays. I, I, I just got to be honest with you. With Nebraska, there's so many question marks. With Mo Washington gone, okay. I mean, the running back room is, I mean, getting getting tough here. So, yeah. like, they still got Dedrick Mills, who I think is he's a very good in-between, yep. you know, tackle type of runner. He's good. But now, if Wandale Robinson, which is way more questionable, apparently, we don't know if he's than playing. Adrian, I mean, I'll just say this, just gambling on this game. I mean, if you're gambling on this game, you're a gambler cuz you have <laughs> no idea. We don't we don't know who's going to play here. Right, like I, I don't I don't know how you could feel confident. Anybody that's just making a confident bet on this game is either a Hoosier fan that's puffy chesty or a Nebraska fan that's puffy chesty. I just I don't know how you could have a great feeling either way. I don't know either. Okay. Um so I I agree with you. Not many playmakers are healthy for Nebraska right now. I just they don't have a ton of uh, like like breakout guys on I, offense right now on defense it seems like they're so unhappy with their defensive line they they're talking about inserting a couple true freshmen in this week yeah i mean they, um, they can't if they're if they're talking about that they can't be happy with the way they're playing well i mean they have given up they they've been tagged pretty bad on the ground the last 3 4 weeks obviously um this is kind of a hoosier line here again um Indiana can run the ball pretty well, and they've been looking yeah, better and better the last couple of weeks. There. That is a huge part of this game for me because, to me, if Indiana can I, – I, I have a faith Indiana will be able to throw the ball. If they can throw the ball and run the ball, they're going to put up a ton of points on this Nebraska defense. Then you flip to the other side. You Tell me if I'm crazy with this. Do you think it's a bigger deal that Wandale Robinson is playing in this game than Martinez? The, not playing in this game? Well – if I, if if you're a Nebraska fan, who would you rather have healthy in this game, Martinez or Wandale Robinson? At this point, I may want to have Wandale Robinson. I think I would too. Yeah, and because the, I think they're a little bit better yeah, at backup. Point. It's a good point. But we, if we would have said that in August, I, know. I would not have believed it. Isn't that crazy? I that had we've so much got faith in Adrian Martinez preseason. Yeah, so much faith. I thought he was going to be a big reason they were well gonna... and I, I mean i still think adrian martinez is a super talented i, I just too. think behind this offensive line and where they've been at for for just kind of the general flow of the offense it doesn't really lend itself into anybody having success at no. quarterback and you know this is kind of like the minnesota maryland game to me where indiana their arrow is pointed up right now nebraska's is pointed down right now i mean you got the mo washington thing fans are restless because it's not looking like they expected it it would be Frost seems to be kind of losing his composure at times, blaming players, saying we don't have the players. Uh, the the one defensive lineman on the idle week said, "Yeah, we kind of needed some time away from each other." I'm not getting a lot of good feels out of Nebraska right now. I don't know how you could. I I read a writer on theAthletic.com. He basically is reiterating what you said there, which makes this a huge game for Nebraska because if they lose this game we're starting to look at a potential spiral again. Like, yes. and, I, and I've thought like, how weird would it be if they started out the year looking better and then died off? Whereas last year they started off bad and then caught fire. If it's the, the opposite, because they still got a lot of tough games left. They here. do. They one do. thing, one person that like I didn't, when we're talking about the running backs, like, we might we might be down to the uh, Wyatt Mazur levels of the running back room, but one running back that Nebraska fans want to see is Ramir Johnson. Yeah, I mean this was a big recruit, so is this a breakout? So but he's again, got lot... two games left to play, and he can still redshirt. Right. So maybe this will be one of them, this and they just one. burn the redshirt. But long story short, um, 
again, I I don't know who I would pick in this game if I had to do it on a gambling thing, but I I guess I'm going to take Indiana okay. because they just seem like they've got more things figured out right now than, they, than Nebraska. Yep. And just from pure sloppiness and the fact that if Indiana could run the ball, I believe they would put up a lot of points. And because I, I just do not trust Indiana's defense, it's been leakier than it should, I would take the over 52.5. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the over as well. A couple more things, though. How much pressure is on the Hoosier program right now? They've already got five wins. They're feeling confident. Like, even if they drop this, they feel like they're still going to make a bowl. Meanwhile, Nebraska, like you said, if they lose this game, it could unravel. There's a ton of pressure on Nebraska. I think IU's going to come in. They're going to play loose. Um, We talked about Indiana looking like a different team. Are they ready for this scene in Lincoln? You know, that's a big, it's a big is, step up. This is a poopy diaper game potentially. Could be, but oh, man, I really don't want to mush my Hoosiers. But I'm going for it, man. I'm picking the Hoosiers to win outright, cover, and I'm going with the over. Okay, so if you've picked Indiana, I have. If they if lose they, to Nebraska, I'm still big. Mu- <laughs> big so mush. then you still would be big mush. Yes. Okay, because I didn't know what I was thinking is if you then mush the Hoosiers, d- does that give you the the chance to go back to Illinois. Maybe that's how it should be. Yeah, I guess I we'll have to think about maybe that. Okay. depending, but depends what Illinois does. I, okay. I just want something to cheer for. Damn okay. it. All right. Okay. All right. That gets us to our final two thirty game. Another good one. The number six Penn state Nittany lions at seven and oh going into East Lansing to take on the four and three Michigan state Spartans. This is a two thirty PM game on a B C Nittany Lions by six and a half over under 44.5. Lost my goddamn yards. Son of a. You just want me to reset the whole thing? Nope. Son of a B. All right, Penn State at a positive 2.0 yards per play differential. Meanwhile, Michigan State at a positive 0.6 yards per play. So this, of course, is the Land Grant Trophy game. One of the least inspiring names for a trophy, don't you think? Yeah. It hey, we're both Land Grant yeah. universities. Odds. Yeah. There's only like 50 of them in the country, but we're two of them. Okay. So that that trophy started with Penn State joining the Big 10 in 1993, and Penn State has been 14 and 9 in these trophy games. But overall, Michigan State leads 17 to 15 with one tie. Now, the first land grant trophy game was 1993, as I mentioned. Number 14 Penn State went on the road to East Lansing to take on the number 25 Michigan State Spartans and the Penn State Knits pulled out a 38 to 37 victory. How Ooh, about that? Wow, that's burner? a good one. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Especially back in 93. Yeah. I mean, Penn State had some pretty awesome offenses Shh, absolutely. back then. 38 to 37. Wow. Ooh. That's a good one. Don't remember that, but more recently, um I think it's fair to say Michigan State has been a pretty aggressive thorn in the side of the Penn State Nittany Lions. Um this game right here, because of that, 
would make me nervous alone. Then you start adding up the things that are, you know, the outside of the X's and O's, the outside of the the stats. Penn State just played a physical game on the road sure. at Iowa. Just played a very emotional whiteout game versus Michigan. Yeah. Now they go on the road to face Michigan State. That's enough right there. Michigan State idle last week. Yeah. That's a thing. Uh, there is a lot of things that would make me nervous. Interesting, right? Michigan State, four and three, disappointing year. Yes. But only six and a half point dogs at home, whereas Michigan was a nine and a half point dog at one point mm. versus Penn State. Kind of something amazing. Okay. And then just another thing to sprinkle in there that would make me nervous if I was a Penn State fan. More mobile quarterback for Michigan State, you know, a yeah. little bit. Harder for that Penn State defense to travel and just shut the whole thing down as far as Michigan State's offense. And we're seeing the Penn State defense. We're seeing that they are mortal, right? They, they You can score on them. You can move the ball on them. Can Michigan State move the ball on them? I'm not really sure. Penn State, obviously, the better athletes, right? Yeah. We've got the Sean Clifford and K.J. Hamler show has been has been looking great. And I think Penn State's still playing with this chip because they're not getting the national respect they deserve. Um, on that note, I think, uh, hope Penn State people listening to this podcast have understood that I've been on Penn State's quote unquote side. I mean, I picked them to win the Big Ten. I almost feel like they're, they're your Indiana. A little bit. Yeah. They are a little bit my Indiana because yeah. of those uniforms. Um, so, what I'm going to say next is, is my honest assessment. I think I've come to the conclusion that. The top teams in the country, okay, uh, LSU, Ohio State, Alabama, uh, Clemson, and then Oklahoma. Those yep. five, sure. to me, they are a step up Penn State. Right now, Penn State, and the biggest— If we're doing eye test, the all-popular eye test from the committee— Yes, and I agree. the reason that they are is certainly not because of their defense. Their defense has not only lived up to what I thought it would be; it's maybe even a notch better. Um, KJ Hamler is definitely not part mm. of the issue, and neither is Sean no. Clifford. But outside of a flash from Pat Fryermuth, the we can just will our way to move the ball. It's not happening. It has not no. happened yet for Penn State. Um, it has been enough to win the games with essentially KJ Hamler, yeah. Pat Fryermuth, and that defense. And an occasional Noah Kane. Is the yeah, and an occasional Noah Kane or whoever they got hand the ball off to. But is this the game where they break out of that mold and can run the ball better? I mean, that's this is not the team to break out of that mold against, I don't think. So this is a gigantic game, and I think it's something that they have made an emphasis on and done a great job with. Do not turn the ball over Penn State Nittany Lions. If you want to know where the loss is when you're in East Lansing, it is with the turnovers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I also see a number of things going on in this Michigan State program. Right? Oh, I, I, that's in my notes right here. What is the overall mindset of this know. football I, program right now? They can't be great right now. Uh, and so – I do like Penn State to win this game, but, you know, Michigan State with their defense, I think six and a half is too much at home. I agree. Yeah. Um, I don't love it because Michigan State's offense does not inspire no. me at all to to be able to put up enough points. Um, the one thing I would say is 
a wrinkle or two coming out of the idle week would be something, another thing that would make me nervous for Penn State. Sure. Um, I still have faith in Brian Lorkey. I do, too. He, but he's we, a good— But he just doesn't have a whole lot of help, right? No, so not we, on we the outside saying, okay, targets. Uh, you know, if, if Brian Lorkey can go off, then, then maybe they have a chance. But he hasn't been doing that. No. He just doesn't have the help. And it doesn't seem like he's going to. So no. I don't think the Penn State uh, offense is going to go off. I don't think the Michigan State offense is going off. So under 44 and a half is a lock of the week for me. Um, but the Nittany Lions by by uh, uh, for, uh, Nittany Lions by six and a half is just too much. Yeah. So I'm going to take Penn State or uh, Nittany Lions or excuse me, Michigan State and the points. But the under is what I really like. Yeah. If, if the cash register is still going, give me one of those <laughs> things on the under as well. Okay. Next up, our one evening game, the number eight Notre Dame Fighting Irish at five and one coming into the big house to take on the number 19 ranked Michigan Wolverines at five and two, 6.30 p.m. game. This is on ABC line Irish by one over under 51. Notre Dame sitting at a 2.0 yards per play differential. Hello, Michigan sitting at a 1.3. So fairly evenly matched contest here. Now Michigan leads the overall series twenty-four to seventeen, with one tie. But of course, true to Michigan form, they won the first eight of these from whatever eighteen ninety to nineteen ten or something like that. From eleven to seventy-seven, nineteen eleven to nineteen seventy-seven, these teams played two times. Really, twice forty-two and forty-three, both times Frank Leahy coached Notre Dame and Fritz Chrysler coached Michigan and they split that series. I was surprised when you just said the total times they played. I would have thought it would have been darn near double. Um, yeah, I this is a little more too. For guys our age, this seemed like a rivalry that we grew it up with. It seemed like every year, even though it wasn't every year. It seemed like like I can picture Desmond Howard, you know, oh, catching God, a big a big, you know, pass for a big touchdown in this game. That's, Absolutely. Yeah. Still remember that game. Oh yeah. Um all right, so Another tough one for khaki pants. This is it? another game that he's going to be judged oh. mercifully, you know, just just destroyed if he loses. Yes. And if he wins, it's more of a, a relief. And when do they get Notre Dame? Right after the Penn State whiteout and Notre Dame's idol last oh, week. Oh, oh. Well, you know, Notre Dame's schedule, I don't know how much you follow them. I don't follow them a lot. But they get so many teams off of their idle week that it, I'm glad to hear that they get to pay someone back. Yeah, on that I one. remember hearing that. Yeah. Um, but Michigan, you know, they have not fared well in these types of games, right? The the top ten teams. Eh, at home, they've done pretty good. Khaki Pants has as many top ten victories as Lovey Smith. Yeah, to work one. that in. Yeah, to work that oh, in. I'm, I, yeah. Hey, I'm getting it every every way. I can. Yep. They, they're one in ten versus top ten teams. Yeah. They've beat a top ten team one time while he's been the coach. But if you at least go with ranked teams at home, the record for Harbaugh improves okay. quite a bit more. Or just the overall bigger games at home, he's got a, a big record. Um, Notre Dame at 5-1, and one, um, I would probably put them right at the Penn State level of, of teams in the country. Maybe yeah, a bit, fair. Maybe a bit under. I would take Penn State in a neutral field over Notre Dame for sure. Okay. Um, the one loss that Notre Dame had, it was weird in our, you know, SEC Channer world that we live in right now. Notre Dame seemed to pull more respect out of barely losing to yeah, Georgia. Right. But we've come to find out. 
Georgia's, Georgia's not, really that, not good. that great. Nope. So, I mean, Notre Dame's got a bunch of meh wins. I mean, how crazy was it that just two weeks ago, Notre Dame USC played? Did it even register? Wasn't no. even anything that people got worked up Which for? Which is a shame. Yeah, that is I a shame. I used to really look forward to that game. Would, who would you take, though, Ian Book or Shea Patterson? I would take Ian Book. I would take Ian Book. These both. But these, Shea Patterson looked good last week. He did. He, maybe, you know, what, what Khaki Pants has been saying about we're close. We're not far away offensively. I, I might be buying that, actually. I'm buying it a little. They looked better towards the end of the first half and certainly in the second half last second week. Second half, they looked great, and I was really proud of their offensive line in the second half. You know, they were much ballyhooed preseason, and then they looked like crap, but they seem like they're kind of getting it together. The, both these teams have really good defenses. I, I think Notre Dame's defense is a little underrated right now. They don't. They give up less points per game than Michigan does. Yeah. How about that? And Notre Dame's got a way better running game than Michigan has. It as a running game that wasn't there at the beginning of the year, but kind of like Michigan, it's developed over yeah. the last three or four. Now that's been against inferior opponents. Certainly hasn't been against a Don Brown coach of defense with this talent. Um, one thing that I think sometimes gets a little bit too much uh, weight and how it affects the team is, you know, quote unquote, what is this team playing for? Um, the question would be that with Michigan right sure. now. I mean, they've been out of the national title hunt arguably since they lost versus Wisconsin. They're for sure out of that now. Um, even getting to a Big Ten title seems tough at yeah. two losses seems in unlikely. the conference. So I do understand where you're coming from. I also feel like. You're going to be playing under the lights in Michigan Stadium, and you're going to see those green and gold, you know, uh, uh, pants and and uh, helmets come out for Notre Dame. Doesn't Are they that get you in green? Do we know that? I think so. I think that, I, I think oh. that's what I so. Okay. I you know they don't, don't normally play well in green though. Oh really? Okay. No, they're terrible in green. I thought I read that. Long story short, they'll have the gold helmets. It's Notre Dame. That's the point I'm trying to make. Is um, don't you think that'll be enough to get the Michigan Wolverine players up yeah, and going? I think so. Did you know that, that Notre Dame leads the nation in turnover margin? Yes, and they and they yeah they they just do not turn the ball over. They've Michigan a, does. Do, yes, they do. Yeah. I mean, if Michigan wants to win this game, they've got to take care of the football. Um, and as we saw last week um, from Illinois, and maybe I could even bring that on to my podcast partner, the greatest deodorant in the world is winning. If Michigan can win this game, I do think that will be that will go a long way to changing the tenor of the season for Michigan because then they get into a lot more what I would say winnable games after this until they get to the end of the year. Sure, there's a big game. If they can win this game, it's going to change the tone big time. Yeah, you think some of the Harbaugh haters will kind of fade away for a little Let's while. Let's just look a little bit in the future, a plausible future. They beat Notre Dame and win their next three games. That's a pretty good-looking season. Okay. And, and then you're feeling good. Michigan State at that point. You know, yeah, you're like, feeling good going into Ohio State. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So I still think there's a lot to play for. I don't know. Call me crazy. I just think Michigan will get up for this game. They were favored to begin with. Like I said, this was a – a big swing. Um, Vegas felt that, you know, at yeah, the beginning. they were favored by four, I think? I saw it as high as three and a half, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, the fact that it swung all the way to Notre Dame, I kind of feel like I'm getting a field goal in there. Yeah. You know? So, I'm going to take I'm gonna take Michigan. I think it'll be a tight game, so I would take the under 51. Yeah, I'm definitely going under the 51 with two great defenses here. But I just – there's too much pointing towards Notre Dame here for me. I I, I – I mean, everything I mentioned, quarterback, running game, 
turnover margin. I mean, those kind of that's a little bit of that's luck, but I really like Notre Dame here. Okay. All right, let's go back in time. All right, this is the the number 13 Wisconsin Badgers at 6 and 1 going into the horseshoe to take on the number 3 Ohio State Buckeyes who have not even been touched this year at 7 and 0. 11 o'clock a.m. game. This is on Fox, the big noon game for the weekend. Buckeyes favored by 14 over under 50.5. Yards per play differential. This is the yards per play game of the week here. Wisconsin at a positive 2.8 and Ohio State at a positive 3.8. I've they never even keep, heard that. They just keep going bigger. It keeps bigger. getting bigger. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I've never even heard of midseason a, a number that high. And yeah. I, I'm sure it's number one in the country. I didn't even bother checking. So with a, we'll call the 50 point line. Just, well, hold on. Okay. Hold on. Oh, Ohio State leads the series overall 59 to 18 with five ties. They're on a current six game winning streak. How about that 2010 game? Remember this one? Number 18, Wisconsin versus number one, Ohio State. I think Ohio State was on a big winning streak at the time. Can't remember how many games, but I believe Wisconsin snapped the streak. 31 to 18. That was a Wisconsin team with J.J. Watt and Gabe Karimi. couple guys that pretty yeah. good at playing football. Couple I still remember there. that game for sure. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a tough Wisconsin team that And that year. was in Madtown. In Madtown. Yeah. It was a little different. This is in the horseshoe. So at 50 points, 14-point spread, basically Vegas is saying this is a 31-17 to 17 type of game. Okay. Um, the general thought process from a little bit of research that I've done with different podcasts and things that I'm reading is that uh, people are upset for Wisconsin losing the game versus Illinois. Oh, yeah. I keep hearing that. Well, I mean, number one, because it took some luster off of this game. Well, that's what I keep hearing. Right. The other side of it, though, and this is maybe more of what I was going at, there were a lot of people that were ready to jump all over Ohio State and prayed that this was going to be like a seven or eight point line. Okay. And they feel like they've got, they got screwed out of essentially a touchdown to five points on the line hmm. with Wisconsin losing versus Illinois. You know what so, I say about that? Yeah. Wah. Well, you, but you see what I'm getting at, right? Yeah. These are gamblers that were ready to get down on it Yeah. two, three weeks ago, uh -huh. seeing this thing come up. Now they feel like uh, it's going to be a little bit closer to what we want the line to be now that with last week's. Sure. Do, do you see what I'm saying there? Yeah. 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 I was listening to ESPNU radio and Buck Ballou. I don't know if you ever listened to that show. He Former quarterback from Georgia. was just crying about, oh, Illinois ruined it for everybody. Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, this is still a huge game. I but, mean, this was a no. This was a no-brainer for me for Big Ten game of the week. Well, of course, it is. yeah. Right, well, so I, well, I mean, Notre Dame, Michigan is another big one. But that's too. not a. It's not Big Ten. On I Big agree. Ten crime. Yeah. Um, so I, I mentioned what a great game plan Lovey Smith had versus Wisconsin, but Wisconsin also had a terrible offensive game plan versus Illinois. They used. Absolutely no deception, no ball fakes, nothing. It's the easiest way to get Illinois off their game. I thought Mr. Warmth and Joe Rudolph did a horrible job scheming against Illinois. It's as if they just thought, well, you know, it's just Illinois. We're just going to run straight over them. They did. I think that's what they did. That's what they thought. But, but I mean, they never even at any point in the game decided, well, maybe it's time to do some play action or something like that. They never adjusted the whole game. 
Do they think that they can go in and, and try to run over Ohio State if they couldn't run over Illinois? You better scheme this game up, Joe Rudolph and Mr. Warmth. Yes. Um, as far as wrinkles that you see, I, I just I don't think there's hardly anything you can pull out of the Wisconsin-Illinois game that pl- plays into this game. What I just said? I mean, I, it was the most it was the most unimaginative vanilla. But you tip you typically don't see that from Wisconsin. You do see wide receivers in motion, jet jet sweeps, stuff like that. They didn't do hardly any of that. They did none of it, and it got them it got them dinged. Um, It actually kind of reminded me of Ohio State versus Iowa two years ago. I think they just thought they were going to roll their hats out there, and things happen in the Big Ten when you go on the road like that. Um, Another thing to point out with this game, Wisconsin basically didn't leave. The, the city limits of Madison for, it they, seemed like they forever. There's well, five, five straight games in a row. Games. Yeah. So then they go on the road once issue. Now they go on the road a second time. That would be something that would make me nervous if I'm a Badger fan. Where do you think this Wisconsin team is mentally after having such high hopes? Maybe this is the final of the year we get into the college football playoff. Are we that good? Oops, we lose to Illinois. Are they just defeated right now? I am... I would be curious to know, like, at what level was their mindset on the college football playoff at that mm-hmm. point? I mean, with them crushing teams like that, you got to think that definitely was something that they were starting to dream about. Yeah. I mean, so they got to be disappointed. So uh, are they going to be playing with the normal fire that they know. would have? I don't know. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is, even if they lost this game, they're still in the running for a Big Ten championship. Yeah, that's Or true. to at least get to Indianapolis. Sure. So. I so mean, you got a lot to play for. Tons to play yep. for, obviously. And by the way, they're still not out of the college football playoff. They win this game. True. Does it erase last week? Maybe not. But let's say Illinois winds up going 6-6 six and six and makes yeah. a bowl. Then suddenly it's a game they sleptwalk through on the road and lost. If they win out, I think I think Wisconsin goes to the college football playoff. They're still very much alive, but they got to win know. this I'm game. I'm not sure that – I don't know if the – The fact of the matter is they were college football playoff – contenders if they would have gone 11 and 1 and lost this game. Yeah. Now they have to go 11 and 1 and win this yeah, game. That's good Does that point. make sense? Yeah, let that me, is a good let, point. So then to, to to kind of do a little bit of Xs and Os, do you think Wisconsin is going to be able to run the ball? Yes. They will run the ball. They're not going to run it down their throat, but they will get their yards on the ground. Make a stat line call for Jonathan Taylor. <sighs> Just a right around 100 yards. Okay. And a touchdown? A touchdown. Okay. All right. Yes. If that, if it's, that's kind of the Hoosier line for this game is how well can Wisconsin run the ball? I mean, it sure seems like the the thought process is going to be if Ohio state can focus on stopping the run, they feel very good about their athletes on the edges. Wisconsin's got good receivers. Don't get me wrong. I don't think they're consistently beat Jeffrey Okuda. Good. No, so, I so that's it. I mean, we could probably, make the defensive game plan for Ohio State, correct? I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and Cone, you know, can he couldn't beat Illinois last week. Right. So can he beat Ohio State? And then on the other side, we said something way back at least a month ago. Maybe it was even preseason. I can't remember. But essentially we said the way to touch up a Wisconsin defense in this defense is by – getting over top of the Wisconsin defense. Mm-hmm. Um, they sure seem to live off of mistakes across the middle, poorly thrown balls or whatnot. Sure. But if you can kind of just run past them and hit, touch them up on big plays. Hey, I mean, saw, isn't that what Illinois did last exactly week? exactly what they did last week. And who do you think has better 
quarterback consistency and receivers on the outside, Illinois or Ohio State? What are you saying about <laughs> Illinois? <laughs> so, well, and, and just overall to the game last week, we also found out not only is the offense for Wisconsin not invincible, their defense is not invincible either. Yeah. If Illinois can put up 24 points on them. And there is a stat being floated around because if you want to dig deep enough and find a stat to hate on a team, you can find one. Wisconsin has not played dynamic offenses yet this no. year. This is, I mean, this would be the best offense any team would play this year. But the fact of the matter is this is a gigantic leap from the average offense that Wisconsin has faced to this one. This is a ginormous leap. Absolutely. They haven't seen anything like and this, And it's right? a ginormous leap with athletes. Again, So much more speed, so uh, much more athleticism. Yeah. Nothing like they've seen at all. Not to mention, it's not a big deal. But the Quaff has an extra day to prepare because he had a Friday game. Friday night game, right? And yeah, I trust the Quaff. I mean, until somebody until somebody unquaffs the Quaff, yeah, the Quaff gonna keep quaffing. Until someone shaves his head, I'm <laughs> trusting the Quaff. So uh, for me, I think as long as Ohio State just doesn't make mistakes, just doesn't come out flat, they win this game fairly comfortably. So you're gonna take them to cover the 14. I am gonna take them to cover the 14, but I don't feel great about it. I feel great about them winning. 14's a lot. Okay. I'm going to take Ohio State, though. The over-under is tougher for me. I would actually probably err towards the under, yeah. which would make you think I would take Wisconsin in the points. I think that line has wound up being pretty close to dead on. Um, but I don't see a late cover for Ohio State as likely as I see a Ohio State team that just keeps scoring that Wisconsin can't keep up with. Okay. So, so, like... I feel like it could be around a, a 14 point lead for Ohio state and they just tack on a touchdown or okay. maybe they tack on 10 more points and win it. So you think they're just going to keep pulling away as the game goes on? That's right. Okay. And because of that, I will take Ohio state to cover the yeah. 14 and I'm going to lean towards the under. All right. There we went. We got through that. that was a pretty, pretty aggressive slate of games right there. Yeah. A little bit longer cast than normal, but Hey, we got eight we had games, to. baby. I mean, when you got, you know, Ohio state, Wisconsin and, Notre Dame, Michigan, and Liberty Rutgers. Oh, I Liberty mean, Rutgers. <laughs> man, I cannot wait. I, I, I circled that one preseason. I'll be this honest with the you. Game. I, I skipped right over them trying to find Liberty, and I started going into FCS. And, and I was oh, like, really? I, 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 and then I was like, oh, that's right. And then I, a light went off. I was like, Q Freeze coaches there. Independent. Yeah. Yep. All right, man. That's all I got. Me too. All right. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I am Big Mush. <laughs> this is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye.